1: Now, here is Dr. Paula.
2: Hi, welcome to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Today, I want to begin by celebrating with you the signing of my first one year contract with Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm truly grateful to you, my listening audience, because you're the reason this show is a success. I encourage you to like us on Facebook and continue to spread the word. It gives me great pleasure to answer your questions, share the information that I have spent years gathering, and bring to you world-renowned guests like Dr. Larry Dossie, Dr. Bernie Siegel, the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artris, Amara, Patricia Evans, Dr. Marty Loring, and David White. If you missed any of these amazing programs and guests, be sure to listen to the podcast. And as always, any questions about this show or previous shows are welcome. Call in during the show to one 472 5795 That's one 472 5795 And email now or between shows to dr. Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce Paula Joyce at gmail.com. And if you're listening to a podcast or think of a, I'm sorry, a podcast or think of a question after the show, the phone number to call is 12147364460. That's one 4460 or email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. As you know, I like to use the first part of the show to answer questions that I've received or to expand on past topics or the topic of the day. I'm so happy that you're sending more emails. Many of them are to express your appreciation for the knowledge and help that you receive in each show. Others are struggling with understanding or implementing some of the ideas that we're discussing. Nikki from Phoenix wrote this email after last week's show. David White was talking about vulnerability and said, when you are visible, you can be found. When you are found, you can be heard. I know I need to write more because when I do, positive things start happening. But when I write something down, I know it can be read later. And that vulnerability is really powerful. It causes a negative energy to come in and stops me from writing. Yes, being seen and heard for who we really are creates fear in all of us. It's much safer to hide behind the mask that we all wear to protect ourselves. When we write from our heart, we're stripped naked for the world to see. But there are two kinds of writing. There's private and public writing. Not all writing has to be made public. It's important to protect the tender parts of ourselves until we are ready to be seen. So begin by writing just for yourself. Write to know yourself, to, as David White said, overhear yourself saying what you didn't know you know. <laughs> Write to release your emotions. Write to free yourself of fear and blockages. And only make it public. When you're ready, which may may even be never. For some, it isn't important for the writing to be seen by others. But it's always important for us to allow ourselves to see ourselves. And I think that's where the real fear comes in. What if we discover that we don't want to stay in a particular job or relationship or location? What if the real self is starving and will never be fulfilled in the current circumstances? What if we realize that we have to turn our lives upside down in order to be happy, to have peace, to be safe, to be able to express our innermost desires? That's the real fear. So what do we do when that negative energy or fear moves in and stops us from writing or doing something else? It's in our own best interest. We have to get the roadblocks out of the way. Here are some techniques to use when fear grabs hold of you. Thank the voice of fear for sharing and ask it to take a seat on the couch. Often it just wants to be heard. It's your choice whether you act upon the fear or the joy. Hold hands with the fear and let it walk beside you as you move forward with your desires. Mark Twain said, the only way around it is through it. I like this inspirational quote so much that I kept it on the refrigerator for a long time. Another one I also love is Oscar Wilde's, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Not only is it inspirational, but it's humorous too. Humor can knock out the negative energy. Burn incense like sage or frankincense to dissipate the negative energy. Or burn a candle. White brings in God's loving energy and dissipates the negative. And light blue is good for communication. So it will help you write. That is, communicate with yourself more clearly. Take a small piece of turquoise in one hand and a small piece of rose quartz in the other and roll them around between your thumb and fingers as if they were worry beads. The stones will absorb the negative energy. Then rinse them in clear water to remove the negative energy and ask God, to to refill them with healing love and light establish a consistent time to write like every morning upon waking up set up a routine just like you brush your teeth every morning I hope (laughs) if you're afraid someone will read it burn it or tear it up and flush it down the toilet do it with a friend so that you support each other you can agree to both write at the same time or, or the same number of times a week. And you can text or phone each other, maybe write at the same time, checking in with each other with a quick message like, I just finished writing and I, I feel good. Have you written yet today? But don't use it as a hammer over your head. Use it as an incentive and a joy. And if it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. Play music that helps you enjoy the activity or, or that inspires you. I used to listen to Janice Stanfield songs. Her songs would fill me with courage and sometimes just make me laugh. Or you can set a timer for 10 minutes and don't stop until the timer rings. If you don't know what to write, write. I don't know what to write until the words you need to, to, to write start to flow onto the paper. You can write on the back of used paper to make it feel less threatening or important and help save the environment at the same time. Cut flowers help to absorb negative energy and also bring beauty into the room. Keep a vase by your desk and by you. Find something that inspires you and fills you with courage. A movie, a real person like Helen Keller. David White talks about saying a poem every morning that he wrote to help himself feel the courage to face the day in a major life change. When I was in a period of great fear on the verge of change, I literally used to say to myself, if Harry Potter can do it, so can I. Pray for the strength and courage and willpower to accomplish your goal. For those of you who have worked with me, you can discover and dissolve your hidden fears with the ultimate creative solving problem process. Or if you haven't tried this and want to, give me a call. I have helped so many people to release and remove their hidden blocks, their hidden fears, and to create and do what they want in life. Two other listeners had questions that were similar to each other. How do you know the difference between constructive criticism and emotional abuse? And the other is, how do you know when you're being emotionally abused? To answer the first question, I believe that constructive criticism is an oxymoron. Personally, I find nothing constructive about criticism. If someone really wants to help you improve, then you're in a mode of teaching and learning and feedback, not criticism. No one benefits from being criticized because it damages one's self-esteem. The key to knowing the difference is how do you feel when the person is giving you quote-unquote feedback. If it's truly helpful, then you feel good. You feel grateful. You feel empowered. You feel better than you did before you spoke with them. If you feel hurt, sad, deflated, incompetent, ineffective, inadequate, stupid, belittled. If the person has taken away whatever joy or good feeling you had and replaced it with negative feelings, then it's emotional abuse. Often the abuser will tell you that the problem is yours. They may say things like, you don't know how to take criticism. You should be grateful I'm helping you. Don't be defensive. You're too sensitive. Why are you upset? I'm only trying to help you, and so on. Knowing when you're being emotionally abused is difficult because the abuser manipulates situations and words to confuse and blame the other person. The abused person becomes so distraught, overwhelmed, helpless, and hopeless that they can't process what's really happening. Sometimes they become so frustrated that they have bursts of temper, which makes them feel, look, and act like the sick one, the one who's out of control, the one who's crazy. Because they don't know what to do with the pain, they're feeling, and often aren't even aware of their real feelings, the body absorbs the negative energy, and certain physical ailments appear. Dr. Marty Loring talks about these in her book, Emotional Abuse. I want to mention them here because I believe that identifying the physical ailments that are associated with emotional abuse can help people determine if they are being abused. It will It can be a trigger, a signal, a sign to cause you to look more deeply into what's happening. Medical doctors are trained to deal with physical disease and not to look for emotional abuse as a cause. But if you don't know the cause and only treat the symptom, then new symptoms will appear. It's like cutting a weed at the stem rather than going under the surface to pull out the root and prevent it from spreading. If we don't know the root cause of a disease, you can't treat it properly. Patterns are important here rather than isolated symptoms. And even though there are some common illnesses, each individual is different and may have their own set of symptoms. What's clear, though, is that a series of symptoms will appear until the abused person is literally sick and tired most of the time. The common symptoms that Dr. Loring identified are sadness, depression, sometimes even suicidal tendencies that can lead to successful suicide, anxiety, PTSD, feeling like you're walking on eggshells, repetitive bladder infections, and other bladder problems, headaches, stomach aches, upper respiratory infections. I believe that digestive and colon problems are also common. The point is to look deeper than the surface. Go to the root and figure out why you are sick. Don't just assume that it's normal. I'm healthier, happier, and stronger than I've been in my entire life. Aging doesn't necessarily mean being sick or deteriorating in the physical body. If you are emotionally healthy and lead a healthy lifestyle, your body can heal itself. It's only energy, and as we've discussed in other programs, the energy can be transformed. In understanding my own symptoms, I found Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Body, very helpful she has a list of physical problems the possible cause and affirmations to help heal the problem after using her book for three or four years i finally realized that almost all of my problems had a cause of fear or not feeling safe and not feeling safe includes emotional and psychological safety not just physical safety The day I had that awareness, it was like being struck by lightning. It was a lot to comprehend, but I was obviously ready to accept it. One day, the pain of knowing the truth became less than the pain of hiding from it. I was finally strong enough to face the truth of my life. And that's the moment when everything did change and can change for any individual. The moment when you take control of your life, become self-empowered and do what you have to do to create the life that you want to live. One of the keys to doing this is to get back in touch with your physical body. People who are in extreme psychological, emotional or physical pain disconnect from their body, reconnecting and learning to pay attention to how we feel is essential to healing the past, reclaiming the present, and overcoming abuse. And Julie Giuseppe is here today to talk with with us about a special kind of yoga that helps one do just that. Julie is a licensed clinical social worker and has been practicing for more than 10 years. Her uniqueness is that she is also a registered yoga teacher with a certification in trauma-sensitive yoga. Her private practice integrates both of these specialties to help patients get in touch with their bodies and release the frantic mind. Julie offers a weekly yoga class for women who suffer from anxiety and PTSD. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook. For more information on emotional abuse, which, by the way, accompanies all forms of abuse, listen to the podcast with Patricia Evans and the one with Marty Loring. Read my blog on emotional abuse on my website and order some of the books listed under resources on my website at paulajoyce.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Julie.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
3: Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re your mission,
0: Because shift happens
3: the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214- 208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208- 83533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866- 472-5795. 472-5795. That's one 472 5795 You may also send an email to DrPaulaJoyce at gmail.com. That's DrPaulaJoyce at gmail.com. Now back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit.
2: Welcome back, this is Dr. Paula and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit and I'm here with Julie Giuseppe, and Julie, I just want to let the audience know what a pleasure it is to have you on. Julie and I got to know each other when we were both working at the Dallas Yoga Center. I'm still there, but Julie has moved on to do more work um, in her personal practice, so it's a delight to have you here personally and professionally, and I'd um, I'm excited about what you have to share with our listening audience.
4: Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and a great honor. Um, yeah, and I think I was just listening to your segment, and you really, it's really um, the reason I started integrating yoga was it had packed on me um, and my body and actually my response. Um, So that I even went to teacher training to try and figure this out. Because as a therapist, I was amazed at um, how um, it could calm me down. Um, And so um, definitely it just allows a container um, to begin to create mindfulness and really begin to... um, deactivate what you were calling that fear response, which we all have, and we don't even realize it, how much, um, avoidance techniques, um, how much, um, you know, fight or flight is actually impacting our day-to-day lives and keeping us from being able to really manifest like you're saying, your creativity, your bliss, your passion, um, in our lives. so um, I um, totally agree with and you know are am supportive of what you're doing um, with getting people into um, finding different methods um, to uh, really access getting past the fear or finding more and more supports for themselves because fear is such a huge a biological you know, motive motivator. Um, we're really talking about our autonomic nervous system and, um, it's always at play for us. So, um, there are many ways, you know, not just yoga. Um, but yoga is certainly one of them that allows us to get to rest and relaxation. So we can begin to see past our fear response. And, um, access a lot of these other choices that we actually have. So um, just really exciting. I've had some great work with, with my clients and just getting them to a place where, through the yoga, incorporating really progressive relaxation, mindfulness them noticing those responses, those fear responses that come up in the body. And you hit on that, too, so perfectly well that, you know, problems with our stomach, um, stomach issues like IBS or even shortness of breath or headaches, those are all fight or flight responses that oftentimes we medicate, um, doctors will medicate, um, which is Good to have relief from those symptoms, but like you said, there is a huge underlying issue sometimes, and that is really an underlying fear. And maybe that did come from abuse or trauma that we really haven't haven't acknowledged, you know, or haven't thought we got past. And it's coming up for us and generalizing to so many other aspects of our lives. We just don't know. So. powerful work that you're doing,
2: and thank you for having me, for sure. Well, thank you, and I'm really glad you're here. I know that you were trained in a specific kind of yoga, and I'd like to also talk about some of the other things that you mentioned about mindfulness and so on, but Mm-hmm. also i i I'm really curious about this particular kind of yoga sure. because it's different and it's mm-hmm. a- amazing i think the the possibilities that it offers in terms of- connect, reconnecting with our physical body
4: and I have to give um this trauma sensitive yoga was developed um, at the um, trauma center um Justice Resource Institute. Really the founder is Besser, um Dr. Bessel Vandercock. And um, he's done a lot of research over the years. He's Harvard um, Harvard trained and um, was on staff there. Um, and um, he also collaborated with David Emerson, who's their yoga um, their yoga instructor there to begin to create a, um, a protocol, what they would call it, to really, within yoga, um, guide the patients through accessing their um, rest and relaxation response. And that was also based off some research that um, of Dr. Peter Levine's which is called somatic experiencing. And those techniques are feathered through um, trauma-sensitive yoga as well. So a lot of those techniques kind of um, are based off the idea of exactly what you are saying, that we lose connection with our bodies. And a lot of times when we do, um, you know, we're kind of like the headless horseman and our thoughts run rampant, um, oftentimes back to the trauma that we would have experienced Um, and to worry, worry, worry. And part of that worry is for self-protection. And to no end. Oftentimes it just does all these physiological responses and we get to where we're either running away from a situation or getting agitated by a situation or we get towards we're paralyzed with fear. So, um, you know, this um, protocol really gets us to where um, you're tracking tracking the sensations in the body. Um, It's really not a yoga where there's any achievement in the forms. Um, It's really just about how your body is responding in that moment, in the present moment, because that's another thing that happens within trauma is we go relive the past or we worry about the future, but we're never right here. Would so ask you to come back to that present moment. Ask you to come back, oftentimes to the breath, to get a relationship to that breath. Really, that's based off of um, the fact that oftentimes when someone's having a panic attack or having chronic anxiety or chronic, you know, symptoms of PTSD, they're usually having panic attacks frequently. They usually aren't breathing into their belly, and they're their body posture becomes such that they're always in this tension and this um, protective, um, you know, ready to respond or total collapse. And so, but often they're keeping tons of tension in their chest. So they can't actually access that deep breathing that, um, that allows for rest and relaxation so that then we can come to a place where we're able to be mindful, we're able to witness what's actually going on outside of the fear. And it becomes self-perpetuating that they have all this tension in their chest, they don't breathe from their bellies, and so, they, so it almost builds on itself, becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy that they're going to have another panic attack fairly with any type of stimulation because their body is now, you know, reinforcing it. Um, unconsciously, which is what's amazing, unconsciously. So it kind of asks them to begin to notice, um, the breath and where it's coming from and be curious about the breath, um, particularly about the exhalation. Because normally when someone hyperventilates, you know, they are just inhaling, inhaling, inhaling. So with persons that have kind of chronic anxiety, kind of allow them to just focus on exhalation, make it a little longer. and and then they're obviously, your body naturally will inhale. so they don't have to to worry about not having enough breath. Um, so the other thing that this technique does that I think is really beautiful and takes it out of kind of a normal workout yoga or um, situation that we often have is that, it really reinforces that the setting of taking at your own timing in your own pace. Those are words that they actually have in um, the training, and on the you'll hear that if, um, on the CD for trauma City Yoga that they have, um, because they want that they want to take out this achievement of coming to an end. That 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 the options are vast and that coming into your body's natural rhythm is actually therapeutic. So um, in my class, you know, um, oftentimes I will, I'll say that and then I give an example and tell them, you know, you don't have to follow me. You can experiment within this form, um, maybe raising your arm here, maybe that feels good to you. And so um, I'll kind of allow for some more organic um, movement or give them some options in which they can take it at their own timing and their own pace and when they want to come out of the form, they can or they could stay in the form. So um, really giving them an opportunity to honor what they need um, in that moment. So again, grounding back to the present and then to their own body's needs. And the other piece that I think is really beautiful is that um, we often, because either we're in physical pain or we're in emotional pain, we're trying to avoid pain. And so that becomes almost the belief system at which our whole lives kind of react to. Is how do I get away from stress? How do I get away from pain? How do I get away from triggers? And um, that becomes self-reinforcing too. So within this class and within this... um, protocol, we orient, kind of give guidelines to orient to where do you actually find ease in the body or where do you, if there is dis-ease, you know, if there is distress, then there's options given throughout the practice to kind of say, you know, you're welcome to come out of this form, go into another form. If you need to take a break, you're welcome to step out of the room, come back in. You know, you're welcome to go get any props that might make you feel more comfortable. And this is something me as a teacher role models too. Um, This isn't a class where I do my biggest form. You know, I've been practicing yoga for several years. I actually role model self-care in the class. So, and talk about how it feels within my body. So, They can reflect on that um, as well when I make those adjustments. Um, So um, that's kind of a paradigm shift that the class offers as well to help the person come back into, okay, that I can actually find ease within my body. And over time, you know, that grows versus... I'm only identifying how I'm running, you know, when stress is relieved. Um, So those are some of the tenets um, that we commonly implement. And um, what I find is that um, often at the end of my class, I will do a process group because I am a therapist, not just a yoga instructor, and that's something my cl- my patients have actually requested. And that's a really great time, too, because to begin to talk about um, how it felt for them in that moment um, and for them to hear other person's experiences, which a lot of times when we're in pain... Um, Physically, emotionally, um, because there's a, so much avoidance. A lot of times, there's a lot of isolation because we don't want to be triggered. And so this, that aspect, at least for my patients, has been really good in creating a community, a sense of community, bringing them out of isolation, and letting them know that we're all experiencing, you know, something similar. That this isn't, you know, they aren't. Um, Abnormal in any way. They don't. You, it normalizes this response that is absolutely, totally normal. It's actually our protection system that's just kind of gone haywire because it had to at one time um, because of what, like what you talk about, that we have a, so a lot of us have a past history of trauma or abuse, um, and it could even be an acute stressor. Some people will just have a really traumatic experience, maybe. Um, transition in their lives and that can cause an acute increased stress and our bodies will react and our minds will react in this protective way. So, um, And then we get stuck there. Stuck. Yeah, we get immobilized there. That's the other piece with yoga or you know, it could be with Tai Chi, things like that. Um, But what's beautiful about this, this is that there's movement. So you're moving in and out of, you know, maybe it becomes a physical metaphor that you can take out of the room. So you're actually not just stuck, you know, you're working through that stuckness. So there's there's cues too that I give. If I see someone become immobilized in class, which sometimes they will, you'll see that dissociation happen and, you know, just offering some different You know, maybe now we want to take some movement if we want to stand up, you know, and um, kind of create um, a shift, you know, that that's an option. And you'll see that physiologically things change. and, And I'm sure you've seen it too. When someone gets relief or they get another perspective, their whole, their face changes, their, you know, eye contact changes. Um, And that's actually helping when we do these things consciously, unconsciously, just like the stress and reacting to the stress. When we do it with an intentional purpose um, in a yoga class, it's rewiring that neural pathway so that it strengthens it. It's like strengthening a muscle. We've, you know, blown ourselves out with fight or flight, gotten immobilized, like you say, gotten stuck, and then we don't know where to go, so... Um, that ends up being vacillating between the two sometimes ends up being the neural pathway that gets strengthened over time versus, okay, how do we get back to, you know, knowing that we can rest and relax, knowing that we can see other options. Um, And this sort of why I love the, the yoga is that it becomes this, physical metaphor and that's something else we do in our process group afterwards is there are questions like well how does this relate to you know how i my life and so we'll kind of go into well
2: let's give an example you know um about Uh, i'm i'm gonna stop you there so we can have a break but i want to pick up Um, on this relationship to life because there's Mm -hmm. so many things that you're saying that I just want (laughs) to point out and and then we can Mm -hmm. go into this more but in the next segment but living and being in the moment, paying attention Mm -hmm. to the moment rather than Mm -hmm. being triggered to the past or the future Um, I want to talk a little bit more about panic attacks because I don't think Mm -hmm. everyone even understands what that means or what hyperventilating means and the other thing that I love about what you're saying is self- the self-empowerment that there's not Mm -hmm. a way to do this and Mm -hmm. that you have the freedom because there's so much in our society whether it's self-abuse or a single trauma that triggered something or ongoing Mm -hmm. abuse as 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 a result of people in our lives we there's like one way to do something there's a right mm-hmm. and a wrong and to mm-hmm. have the freedom to make your own choices about what feels good and doesn't and what's right for you i mm-hmm. think is is just beautiful so let's talk more about that after the break thank you julie
4: thank you <laughs>
0: The 7th Wave Channel On The Voice America Network
3: Be the best that you can be Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her For a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals Solve your most challenging problems
2: If you're just tuning in, I'm Dr. Paula, the life doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and we're here with Julie Giuseppe, and she's talking with us about a special kind of yoga called Yoga Trauma Sensitive. What is it? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's um,
4: called Trauma Sensitive Yoga, um, really designed by David
2: Emerson and Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. It's wonderful and you and and they can find out more about your classes if they're in the Dallas area or or and I, so I want you to give that information and also if they're not in the Dallas area how they could find out more about what's available in their area or as you mentioned mm-hmm. to me a CD
4: mm-hmm. absolutely if you're in the Dallas area my website um is USEPI E U S E P P I mindbody com. Um and um I can also be reached at my Gmail which is Usepi Yoga, which is a hard name I know, but E is an elephant, U is an at, umbrella, S is in Sam, E P P I Yoga at gmail.com. If you're not in the Dallas area, you know, it's really easy to um access, you know, the CD, um, that the trauma center puts out and those funds go straight back to the trauma center for their research. Um, and they're really helping people with, um, developmental traumas that are very, um, severe. So you can feel good about where that money goes. Um, but what you'll do is that website is www.traumacenter.org. And if you look on the left hand side, there'll be a link for trauma sensitive yoga, um, And David Emerson has his book, and then there's also a CD
2: that they offer um, regarding these techniques. Um, I I, I just wanted to briefly mention, too, that this is so well-respected that in the, after the Boston marathon bombing they offered which was traumatic a, a traumatic event for everybody that people affected were are being given free um Yoga in uh, through this process uh, um, to help them release the the trauma and the um, after effects of
4: yeah. They are in the um, Boston area, outside in Lenox, Lenox, Massachusetts. So um, not surprised that they offered, and it's a nonprofit, so they're often offering you know sliding scale. and free services, so not surprised they did that after such a traumatic traumatic event in their in their own area and to their own community. That's really my hats off to them for that. Um, and this was really a perfect technique to help um, those individuals. So.
2: Yes, um, I, I thought it was very impressive too. So we have um, a few more minutes and I wanted to get back to what you were saying about how one can take this into their own life, out of, out of the yoga sure. studio and into life. Yeah, so some of the things that we often talk about
4: with my patients is that um, you know they'll experience... Um, symptoms, even within within the, the class, like things like their heart beginning to race, if their mind turns towards an anxiety um, to a to-do list or to something that's been impacting them lately, um, their stomach might begin to hurt. Um, they may just kind of be irritated for no reason, and those are or a reason that they can't identify. And so um, I kind of, we let, I let them know, you know, this, that is why we have some of these invitations, is what they would be called, to, to step back. You always have the opportunity to take things at your own time and your own pace. Um, to find yourself in the present moment. And that often is coming back to your breath. Um, and really, what's beautiful about this, and this is something I do in my private practice, is give these techniques. No one knows that you're doing them. So it's not like you're sitting there saying, "om," <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the middle of a room or something. You coming back to your own breath and just sighing, you know, asking, sighing is actually... Um, an unconscious response that causes a decrease in stress. Even animals do it. You'll see your dog yawn. He's releasing stress. He's not tired. Well, we do it as humans, and so I invite that in the class, you know. I'll sigh as I'm giving an instruction and just go, ah, and I encourage them to. I go, well, that's something you can do anywhere. You can do it in the middle of the restaurant. You can you know, take a moment, go to the bathroom, and just let out a big sigh. No one's going to really... Um, stigmatize you <laughs> for doing that. You know what you're doing. They don't. And so um, things like that that can begin to create this space of relaxation and softening when we begin to have these physiological responses to stress. Um, another one is that you know you're you're welcome to kind of take a form of your that creates more ease. Really, these are things we can do every day. If you wanted to practice yoga, you could do that. But if there were other things, like what you're talking about, lighting a candle, um, or creating, getting some essential oils that bring, you know, lighten your mood, or if taking a bath is um, really de-stressing, going for a walk. These are all things that we can integrate where we're actually making a choice to be mindful, to create space from a trigger, and they're all very normalized. We just don't, we see them as luxuries, and, and we shouldn't. They're good self-care. And so um, the class actually acts as a container for good self-care that really isn't allowed within our society. We're supposed to do and push and achieve and be okay no matter what happens, Um And so, um, they're just those are just a few ways that you can allow those those invitations to permeate every single day. Like you said, brushing your teeth—you know—that this becomes um, just just a normal health behavior um, for mind and body. So, another one is just part of my progressive relaxation. You can do that at home, and almost every. Yoga class will end with what they call shavasana, resting form. But part of that um, oftentimes is the instructor telling you to drop your jaw, to let your eyes be heavy. And um, that's really a stress response in our body that we're not aware of, happens all the time. And if we choose to kind of wiggle our jaw or drop it in a stressful situation, we can begin to allow... Um, our brain to relax a little bit because our body's relaxing a little bit um, because we're really just we're really just you know a bunch of neurons and a hormone system that's reacting to stress or to invitations to relaxation. So we can integrate those all the time if we want if we if we can begin to identify the kind of our triggers within our body and um our mood that indicate we need we might need a little time out for for realignment so that we can be in the present. So, so um and in and, and some the, of
2: the ways. Uh, at this point, um, I want to thank you because you have given. We're um, coming close to the end here, so Bye. but you have you have given us so much information and so many helpful tips, and I'm really grateful because these are things um, I remember sighing for years and just mm-hmm. as a natural, I guess, intuitive way of releasing mm-hmm. stress and. And, and so, but but making these things conscious so that we can really use them. So, I'm, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Julie. And I Welcome do hope people will take advantage of um, the information that you've given and trauma-sensitive yoga. Have a beautiful awesome. day. Thank you, you Julie. Thank you. Right. And I, And I also want to thank my listening audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please like us on Facebook. And for more information on my services, emotional abuse, and the books our our guests have written, go to my website, paulajoyce.com. I also hope you'll join us next week when we'll talk with Music Industries Anthony Casuccio about bullying and his book, Be Nice, Nice People Can Succeed. And most importantly, if you think of a question about one of the shows or a difficulty in your own life that you're uncertain about what to do about it or if it is abuse and how to proceed, Please leave a phone message or send an email. The phone number between shows is 1214 736 4460. That's one two one four seven three six four four six zero. Or send an email. To Dr Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. If you have a question, others do too. So help yourself and help them by asking it. You can do so anonymously if that feels better. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel, reminding you you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. It's so important. You are loved. Have a blessed week.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.